It's time to have church. Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. My name is Pastor Adam Bigelow. If you're in the local area, Jacksonville, Orange Park, Florida, we welcome you. Come have church with us. We're having a Sunday morning drive-up service, 9 a.m. That's 1857 Wells Road in the parking lot. We're going to have a good time, 9 a.m. If you're not able to make it, you're here. So let's read the Word of God. Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. This man went to work first thing on a Monday morning and walked into his boss's office and said, Boss man, what do you want me to do for you today, sir? The boss said, you know what? Today I want you to focus on just having a good day. And so the employee said, yes, sir, and went home. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for this time in your word. And God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, one needful thing. One needful thing. Jesus said one thing is needful. Have you ever said, well, I need a day off. I need a latte from Starbucks. I need a new car. Maybe say, I just need to go to work because my outgo exceeds my income and my upkeep could be my downfall. And I sing that song, I owe, I owe. So it's off to work, I go. Well, there is one thing that we need above everything else. In our Bible reading, we see that in the end of Luke chapter 10, Jesus is invited to a lady's house named Martha. And she receives him into her house. We are also told that she has a sister named Mary. And we're told that Mary and Martha are up to two different things. Martha is busy, and it says in the Bible in verse 40 of Luke chapter 10, she was cumbered about. Have you ever seen someone cumbered? It's like they're carrying a load on their shoulders and just all stressed out. She was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her or make her, therefore, that she help me. We see also that Mary in the previous verse was doing something. She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And I'd like to look at three things about one needful thing for a few minutes. The first thing Jesus said in answer to Martha... There is one thing, not two or three or four, one thing is needful. And so this one thing is also a first thing. I want to look at it as a, as a first thing. Have you ever heard someone say first things second? No, of course not. First things 17th. First things 92nd. No, first things first. I remember talking to someone about coming to church and, and I told them where the church was. And they said, oh, that's too far away. 
and I made a remark to them. Uh, I don't know if how we became in contact with this information, but they said they worked quite a distance away. And I said, well, you work at such and such a place. And he looked at me and said, yeah, but that's work. <laughs> well, first things are not 25th. God is more important than work. First things first. That means it's a priority. You know that we have three things that we can give, and that's our treasure, our money, our valuables, our talent, uh, our skills. And the third thing that we can give and we can use as a resource, our resources, if you please, is our time. Our time. You see, Jesus wants our time. And you know that there's, a, there's reasons for this. And I remember speaking to, to someone, and we like to wear the badge of busy. Have you ever seen someone with the badge of busy? Oh, I worked this many hours this week. And people say, oh, wow, you must be really purposeful in your life. Or I don't, uh, well, you know what I'm talking about. And when someone's sitting still hearing the word of God, it might seem like they're kind of wasting time. Maybe they're just a little bit lazy. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how much of a stand you have to take to make it to church? (laughs) All the, the battles that you have to face, you that are Christians can say amen. Sometimes it's just hard enough. You've got to climb through some spiritual battles just to get to the house of God. I remember one preacher, he said that God, uh, that when he was going to preach, it was like the devil would fight him all the way up to the pulpit. And then when he got to the pulpit and and began to preach, God would just kind of come down and take over. Let me tell you, being a Christian is like being a salmon going upstream going upstream from the flow of the world and the flow of worldly wisdom. But, you know, one of the things that the Bible said, she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Heard the word of God. It was the first thing. It's first thing because, you know, we need power in our life. You need power in your life. I remember talking to a gentleman maybe some 20 years ago, and I I just met him. I either gave him a ride or just talked to him for a little while, and and he, he was in Christian ministry of some sort. And he said, I remember him saying it, and he looked it too. He said, I'm burnt out with Christian service. He said, I'm just burnt out. And I listened to him for a little while, and, and I know what you're talking about. I know what it's like to get burnt out. And it can happy, happen very quickly to a Christian. It can happen very quickly to a preacher. Say, preacher, you that are preaching, that's me, right? Are you burnt out? No. I'm not burnt out. But it's easy to get that way. And I faced those seasons in my life. And, and, and he began talking. And then I, I, you know, I didn't know what to tell the guy. And you know, he was already in the ministry. He already knew all the scriptures. But it's more than just that. You see, we need the power from the word of God. The Bible said, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Jesus said that ye shall receive power power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And when, we, when you come to the, to the house of God and listen to the word of God, I believe this one needful thing because we need power. You know, that man said he was burnt out and I'm not fault finding. I know a lot of people that have faced seasons of that and we all do. But if you, if you get a lighter and you light it, and if you're old school, if you have a match, you light it and you light someone's pants on fire. Okay, light a lady's dress on fire. Now, please don't do that. I'm speaking metaphorically, all right? 
symbolically. Please, that's against the law and it would hurt them and it would hurt your friendship. But if someone's pants were on fire, would they be burnt out? No, of course not. They'd be jumping up and down. They would be screaming. They would be shouting. They would be running. They would be a spectacle, right? <laughs> right, because they were on fire. But you know that when God comes into our life, it's not so we can be burnt out. It's not that you can waste all your time going to church. It's so that you could have power in your life. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 to 14, John the Baptist declared, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You know, it's interesting. That's what Jesus came to do. You know that Jesus came uh, to be baptized from Galilee to Jordan, and he came to John. And John, it said, forbade him. He said, what are you doing? Saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And thou and comest thou to me? Now, John didn't want Jesus to baptize him in water. If you look at the previous verses, John knew that Jesus could submerge us in the power of God, in the Holy Ghost. John knew that Jesus, who in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John knew there was power in Jesus, and he needed that power in his life. You know that God still baptizes in the Holy Ghost. He still does. And you just receive that power of God. God is real. You know that this one needful thing, hearing the word of God gives us power. Hearing the word of God gives us wisdom. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I remember I was, well, I wasn't burnt out about something, but I had attempted to work this thing out. And I'm going to be very general about this situation. And it was to deal with finances. And I was working this thing out. And it didn't work. So I worked more and spent a little bit more time, and it didn't work. And can you get the more time that I spent on it? The, it still didn't work. It had the same result. And it seemed like I just began to get stressed out. So I took it to the Lord. I wasn't sitting, but, but symbolically, I just said, God, basically, you know, what do you want me to do about this? And you know what the Lord said to me in my heart, okay? He said nothing. Nothing. I was trying to make this situation work. And God said, don't do anything. Well, do you know that that situation worked out to the glory of God? And it wasn't for a month or two. I mean, it took a little while. But, but the peace of God came upon my life right when I yielded to the Spirit of God. And you know that God has wisdom. It's a priority because when we sit at the feet of Jesus, you can receive power. You can receive guidance for your life. And it might be something counterintuitive. God might just tell you, well, don't do anything about that. You know, a season of prayer, when God's dealing with your heart, when the word of God is moving, when God is speaking, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God can do amazing things that you just can't fix with earthly wisdom. It was a, a first thing, but it was a chosen thing. This one needful thing was a chosen thing. Notice what Jesus said when Mary came to try to get Martha to help her. Or excuse me, when Martha came to try to get Mary to help her with her badge of busy, right? 
He said, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. That good part. You know, there are no accidental Christians. It's been said, if you can talk someone into being a Christian, you can talk someone out of being a Christian. You don't wander up a mountain, do you? You can wander into a ditch. You can wander into a gully. You can wander down a path on, what do they call that, a rabbit trail on YouTube. You click this video, click that video. You can wander through Amazon, but you cannot wander up a mountain. But you know, God likes mountains. He even lives on the top of a mountain. Heaven, the city of heaven is on the top of a mountain. But we find that if you climb a mountain, it's on purpose. If you choose to be a Christian, it's on purpose. That uh, I remember when I invited Christ into my heart, it was on purpose. I know because I fought it for a little while. (laughs) And I've shared this story before. I'll not do that now. But when I invited Jesus into my heart, I did it on purpose. One thing I didn't know, and let me tell you honestly, I didn't know the full extent of the far-reaching ramifications and blessings and the good things and, and the wonderful things that God would have in store for me. I had no idea, and I still don't claim to. You know, a lot of people say, you know, my best years are past. If you're a Christian, your best years are ahead of you. Your best years are ahead of you. And I'm, I'm, I'm boy, let me just flip back. I've got my Bible in front of me. You can't see it. And I'd like to read to you from the end of the book of Daniel. It's a wonderful book of prophecy, one of the major prophets, and I'm almost there. The very last verse, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 13. But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. I was like, wow. After all of that, and this has been a long time since Daniel's been written, thousands and thousands of years, but God said, hey, just you're going to die in your body, and but one day down the road, you're going to stand in thy lot at the end of days. God's got more for you in the future. Do you know that after you die, there's something that's going to be required of you? That as a, as a Christian, it's going to be living with God. And if you're not a Christian, and it's going to be a place without God in a lake of fire. Let me tell you, the Bible says that God has a chosen thing for you. It's for you to choose this day whom you will serve. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7 that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God has so many things to show his people. And I'm anxious, not anxious in that way. I'm excited to see what God's going to show us. You know, sometimes the situation may not change. We need to change. <laughs> We need to make a choice to change. You never ever said something, I have a child. Have you ever had a child say, I'm bored? You know when you say that, you really are, it's your attitude. You're bringing that attitude to the situation. You can really change that attitude and you can say, I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. You can bring a smile to a situation. You know if you smile at someone, they'll smile back at you generally. You can't change the situation, but you can change you. 
And then you can change the situation. Sometimes we kind of wander down into a negative situation. Well, let's choose to get out of it. I was uh, asked to come pray. uh, Well, I was asked to come. Someone was in the hospital, a loved one's relative. So I, I got dressed up in my suit and ran to the hospital. Actually, I drove. And it was really serious. This is not a joke. And, uh, they were getting ready to fly this person by helicopter from that hospital to another one. And it was a serious medical condition and they let me go back and, uh, to, to where the, the emergency room was or they were getting ready to fly the helicopter in and take the person out. And I began to explain the plan of salvation to them. How that they needed to accept Christ into their heart. Not water baptism, Christ into their heart and to repent of their sins. They confess Jesus Christ. And, and if, if they accepted him as their Lord, then, then they could go to heaven. That They'd be a Christian. And then I, I said this. I said, I'm not saying this for you to, uh, to, to pressure you to do this. Remember, Mary chose that good part. And then I just kind of left it there. And, and then a little while later, the man said, uh, he said something like, he said, I accept Jesus. And he said it a few times. I accept Jesus. This was not a religious man. And it wasn't too many, maybe even a couple of months, and the man left this earth. But you know, he left this earth with a testimony of a change that happened in his life. It was a change that was a choice. It was one needful thing. And if you haven't accepted Christ into your life, you don't know the length of days. I don't, I'm 46 years old. I don't know if I'll live to be 47 or 87 or not even make it out of 46. But there's a choice that I made. I confess Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. I've repented of my sins and I live for Jesus. And I want a home in heaven. One needful thing. It's a first thing. It's a... It's a, it's a chosen thing. But it said, now I like what, I like what Jesus said. And the last thing, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. He said, which shall not be taken away from her. When he spoke to Martha, that busy sister, he said, I'm not going to take it away. It's interesting. When you give your life to God, the angel of God, the angel of the Lord will encompass you round about because you fear him. The God will surround you. The Bible said, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I'm a pastor. And if you look at Revelation chapter one and verse 16, it's very comforting to know it talks about Jesus had in his right hand seven stars. And then if you look at Revelation 1 and 20, it said the mystery of the seven stars. The seven stars are the angels or the pastors. The angel means messenger of the seven churches. What was he saying? That Jesus said, I've got the pastors. I've got the pastors in my right hand. You know, I want to be God's right hand man. God, when you take a stand for him, Listen, Jesus will take a stand for you. God will go with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll speak up for you when you don't have a voice. He'll be your voice. There's a song that said he's got the whole world in his hands. 
He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. One needful thing is to, it says, he's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. One thing is needful. And that's not just to listen to the word of God, but it's to make God the priority in your life, to choose him. And then God will guard that choice that you make. God bless you is our prayer as you find a little place to pray. In Jesus' name, amen.